that's the kind of music that an army should be <laughs> listening to, getting ready to go out to battle, right? All right. All right. Stock Trader Dan, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, we're getting ready to go into uh, Genesis chapter 2 today, but I've gotten so many requests from people to, uh, why don't you read from uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Steve's Torah, okay, uh, uh, in regard to the passages we've been reading. And uh, I don't want to go through the whole thing again, but uh, from verses 24 through 31, it's pretty obvious that uh, Steve would agree, Stephen Anderson, uh, for those of you who don't know, he was a prisoner in the system for about 14 years, where uh, during which time he made good use of his time and learned how to speak Hebrew, read and write Hebrew, and uh, he actually went about translating the entire Old Testament from the Hebrew directly into English. I think the first time since, I think it was Tyndale, uh, that the uh, the translation was made from the original Hebrew. All other translations were done through intermediary languages, such as Greek, uh, maybe French, German, etc. Okay. So anyway, so let's just, uh, I'll just uh, start from verse 24. I'll read right through verse 31. And said Elohim, let bring, let bring forth the land breathing creatures, having life by their species, beasts, that's from number 929 Behema, and creeping creatures, and living things of the land by their species, where he is actually translating the word che here, uh, and made Elohim the living creatures of the land by their species, and the beasts by their species, and all the creeping creatures of the red soil by their species, and saw Elohim that it was good. Species, instead of kind. I like that. And said, Elohim, let us make the race of Adam in our image and our likeness, and let them subjugate the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the beasts and all the land and the creeping things that creep upon the land. So you see, as we were saying, it's the Adamites that are given dominion, not the other races. The other races, as we say, he doesn't even point to them specifically uh, in... uh, the uh, what do you call it? The, the two-legged beasts, so-called, in Genesis 20, uh, 1, 24 and twenty-five. But that's what is implied. So you have to, in order to get this wrong, you have to believe that all races descended from Adam and Eve who show blood in the face. You're common at this point. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, the, the, in order to believe the mainstream version of Genesis 1, namely that all races devolved from Adam and Eve, you you have to believe that uh, that there's no other two-legged beasts or che critters before Genesis 1, 25, and 26. Yeah, you're coming oh, on Well, I mean, we all know it's a physical impossibility that all the races came from Adam and Eve. I right. Mean, it, that's just absurd. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's um, unscientific. <laughs> it's, it's unscientific. Very unscientific. Yeah, ungenetic. Genetics says it can't be done. Oh, or but, else you'd see it happening today. Yeah, right. Yeah, and we haven't yeah. seen it happening in the last six thousand years. <laughs> that's right. Right. And for black so Africans, I don't know where they come up with that? I guess that's the uh, yeah. You know, in, in, trying to be all inclusive. You know, preachers right. trying to be all-inclusive yeah. so they You're, can get more people in their church, so they can get more shekels in the basket. You know? Yes, absolutely. But I also think there's a conspiracy between the evolutionists and the uh, fundamentalists, so-called, of Scripture, that uh, they want to uh, keep a, a, a divide. It's a divide-and-conquer tactic that both are happy with, that, okay, you play to your crowd, we'll play to our crowd, and never the twain shall meet. And in fact, a long time ago, I did a study of a person who was, in fact, a geneticist uh, who actually taught evolution on the college circuit, and he had a completely different life. I, I think he actually changed, uh, slightly changed his name, where he would go to churches and teach 
the, the stuff that we get from Judeos. You know, they're, uh, he, he would teach a, a, a religious version of the same stuff. But people, wow. people finally figured out, hey, wait a minute, this is the same guy. <laughs> you know, he was playing to both crowds. Okay? I should look that up because that's a, a fascinating, fascinating story. But anyway, so here we <clears> see, <throat> now he says, his translation of verse 26, let us make the race of Adam in our image and in our likeness, so that the Elohim who created all these species through Yahweh at the instruction of Yahweh, they made these other species not in the image of Elohim. They were not made in it. Only we are. And uh, I was just talking with somebody because uh, I have uh, acquaintances in the American Indian community, and they're, they're all, every, not just the American Indians, but virtually every culture on the face of the earth has had experience fighting off giants, okay? And uh, the bones of these giants are everywhere on the planet. Mm -hmm. So, okay, but one thing they virtually all say is that these Elohim, these giants, Ben Elohim, Nephilim, had white skin and had Caucasian features, (laughs) okay? So these are the ones that left their first estate in order to, uh, you know, take physical shape, to inhabit bodies, and uh, therefore that's why they appeared white, because the Elohim were, uh, as we said last time, the blueprint of the Adamic race. Yeah, <laughs> Brother Abear mm-hmm. says the big giants today are the big corporations. Yeah, actually run by the little, <laughs> the, the little people, because run by were, the little people. That's yeah, right. right, the, the, right exactly. <laughs> so. Anyway, so uh, let's continue here. Uh, so very important, let us make the race of Adam in our image, okay? And created Elohim the race of Adam in his image. Again, there's the juxtaposition of the the uh, singular and plural. As an image of Elohim, he created them male and female, he created them. Again, that's what it says. When they were created, in the day that they were created, they were created male and female, and Yahshua actually says the same thing in the New Testament. Okay, and then, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, and none of this implies hatred towards the other races. You know, it's just a fact, you know, that the white race was created in the image of Yahweh. It's not a hatred of the other races. Well, the the Jews interpret it as hatred. <laughs> if, well, we, if we speak the truth, it's automatically hatred, right? That's true. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a huge difference between wanting to be left alone by people and hating them. There's a huge difference exactly. between them, between those exactly. two ideas, okay? We just want to be left alone, but the Jews won't leave us alone. So who is the hater? That's right. Okay. Who is constantly trying to to mix the races, except for their own people? Well, because they they're already mixed. Separate. The Jews want to stay <laughs> right. separate, but they yeah. want the rest of us to mix all together, all the yeah. all the other races to mix. But they, they, since they're experts at amalgamation of a certain type, namely the amalgamation of Edomites, Canaanites, uh, Nephilim, and other species, because a, a Jew can be of any race and none, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That, that they have already set themselves apart from the rest of the races of the planet, okay? Because somebody has to pull the string. Somebody has to be a puppeteer. And that's where the Zionists and the rabbis come in. They are, uh, that's what they're best at, is manipulating people, as this whole COVID nonsense proves, mm-hmm. okay? I mean, look at all the Jews. Bill Gates, uh, the the medical corporations, uh, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, these, these are all Jews manipulating the planet as as the fallen angels would tend to do, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and their offspring in shoe leather. Okay, so let's continue. So now, the, so the command to take dominion, where he uses the word subjugate, is exclusively to the white race and not to any other race, Okay. And blessed them Elohim, and said to them Elohim, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the land and conquer conquer it, subjugate the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, and all living creatures that creep upon the land. Now, this is not a uh, an attack type of subjugation. This is an organization 
type of subjugation to bring order to the chaos. Oh, let me just jump to verse 1 and 2. Here's how Steve translates them. In the beginning created Elohim the sky and the land, (coughs) and the land had become chaotic and empty, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit of Elohim hovered over the face of the waters. Okay, so we talked uh, at length uh, from uh, Frank Nelty, saying the translation should have said had become rather than became, okay, or was. Was is even more vague, okay. So, and, and let's continue. And verse 29 Behold, I have given to you all herbs yielding seeds that are upon the surface of the land, and all trees, that is a fruit tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for food, and to all living creatures of the land, and to the birds of the sky. See, he's, he's using the terminology living creatures. Okay, not particular species, as is the habit of the King James translators for the word che. And to all living creatures of the land, and to the birds of the sky, and to all creeping things upon the land that are breathing creatures that live, all green herbs for feet. Breathing creatures that live. Okay. Doesn't say uh, oh, beast. Well, what what would your conception of a beast be? Because that's the word the KJV uses in virtually every indication here. Well, yeah, when you think of beast, you think of, you know, uh, an animal. Uh, yeah, right. A tiger or a you know, a lion. Mm-hmm. You don't think of, of, of a, yeah. another human being, another person as a beast, and that's why that's such a horrible translation by the right. KJV. Yeah, so human beings are, are uh, of all of all races are included under living, breathing creature, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You can't exclude them, right? And so I don't know if the KJV translators just were guessing here, okay, with this translation, or were they influenced by the Masoretes, you know, the Jewish rabbis who provided the Hebrew, okay, and suggested to the KJV translation committee, well, this is really what it means, so you should translate it beast. Mm-hmm. They want to confuse the issue here, okay? So, Genesis chapter 1 is speaking in generalities and not specifics. Although, when we get to Adam, well, because we know that word means to show blood in the face. Now we're, now we're talking about a specific kind of be, a living creature that walks on the face of the earth. Okay, very, very specific. Okay, which cannot incorporate the other races. And we know that the other races were already here from scientific evidence. And so we should always use scientific evidence where available, archaeology, geology, etc., to inform our translation of the Bible, okay? So that's just common sense, right? But mm-hmm. we're, we're asked to choose between two divergent views of the world, evolution and the, the, the six-day, literal-day translation, okay? And uh, I, I don't have it right in front of me, but uh, uh, Halley's Bible... Now, maybe I can, uh, oh, that's, that's on my desk here, I believe. Halley agrees with us that uh, you cannot translate the uh, uh, Hebrew word yaum as meaning a 24-hour day. He, he basically says nobody could say that for certain. <laughs> okay, All right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's the, these concepts, the, the gap theory, the uh, non-literalness of the Hebrew word yaum uh, is, is shared by many uh, theologians and commentators, but the vast majority of the denominations where they have influence, they have decided, okay, well, we're going to take all this literally and no argument, and we won't allow anybody to interject a different opinion. Okay, so that's where the denominations are at. Okay. Can you imagine, though, the, the trouble that they would get in if they translated it the way we are, <laughs> yeah. the way we're looking at it right now? How much of their congregation would just be totally <laughs> not dumbfounded? Dumbfounded, absolutely. But right. They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't attend the church anymore either for fear it, of being seen as racist or hateful. Yeah, right, right. Uh, it would upset the multicultural status quo. It, it would. Right? It would because... Because the Bible is not multicultural at all. It isn't. It's very exclusive. 
the Bible was uh, exclusive from uh, chapter one to verse, <laughs> right, to Revelation yeah. twenty-two. It's very, it's it's all about the covenant people, and Yahweh's uh, making very specific selections of persons or groups, uh, and separating them from the rest of the world. That's the only way exactly. you can understand this, the Bible. It's it's segregation. The Bible, and as we go through yeah. it, we you know we'll see it numerous times, especially yes. when we get to Genesis chapter seventeen. That's you know, but we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. Adolf Richter asks the image of what? The image of Elohim, who last week we identified as the angels, the angelic beings, who were the um, prototype or archetype or blueprint for the Adamic species. It's only taught that there's only uh, only the Adamic species had this archetypal blueprint coming from the Elohim. The other the other uh, races had a different blueprint, and not uh, another species. They had a different blueprint because everything has to have its uh, existence uh, set in in the spiritual dimension before it becomes a physical body. Okay, before it's given a physical body. So the physical reality has to conform to the spiritual reality. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, the image of race mixing that we stand by and let it happen. <laughs> right. Well, that's, yeah, the churches have stood by and let it happen. Right. But this is, yep. this is no different from what happened in Genesis chapter 6 when the, the, when the Ben Elohim, the Nephilim, uh, were created by the rebellious angels because they, 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 saw, they saw how beautiful white women were and just could not resist the temptation <laughs> right, of raping them. That's literally what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Okay? All right? And it's, so, it's spoken of in, in the book of Jude as well. Yeah, and in the, uh, the Apocrypha, Jasher, Jasher goes into Genesis six. Uh, six. Yeah, Genesis six. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> slip of the <laughs> Freudian slip there, folks. So uh, let me just finish here. And behold, I have given you all herbs, and uh, that is fruit tree yielding. So everything that was created had a blueprint in the spiritual world, and it manifested in the physical world. Okay. Yes, and yes, brother, yeah, they are not in our, the other races are not in our image, the image of Elohim. That's, that's the point we're trying to make here. Okay. And verse 30, And to all the living creatures of the land, and to all birds of the sky, and to all creeping things upon the land, that are breathing creatures that live. See the, the general terminology here? That's how it should be translated. And you cannot say, okay, these are you know, the category of beasts of, uh, you know, in the animal kingdom. Well, they are that, but there's also creeping things. There's also birds. All of it, This is just Hello. very general language. Okay. Uh, uh, breathing creatures that live, all green herbs for food, and it was so. And verse 31, and saw Elohim that all he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the sunset and the dawn were the sixth day. It doesn't say it was perfect. <laughs> All right? Okay, so here, let me just go through some of his definitions here real quick. Uh, verse 7 to 25, the word actually means at the first. Heavens is a church term, and it means sky. It does not mean the global planet, but the known occupied land, land of possession, to translate it as earth twists the meaning. Uh, in other words... The way I put it is, when Moses was writing down these words, he have to uh, take him as he's a guy standing on the earth, looking at the sky, all right, and uh, it appears to be a dome from where we are standing, right? But uh, we, we, don't, we can't see how far it goes. We only have a small inkling with our human eyes. So he's basically giving the perspective of a person standing on the earth and looking up at the sky, you know, and and giving his, uh, what do you call it, his uh, uh, vision or view of what he's talking about, okay? It's not scientific in that sense, right? So from where we stand, it could appear either flat or, or, or spherical, right? But, you know, the, the sun travels around, you know, from uh, horizon to horizon. That's just the way it appears, okay? 
So whether you're talking flat Earth or, or spherical Earth, the sun appears to go from one horizon to horizon, but it certainly could be because the Earth is turning, not, not the sun. Okay, so you have to keep all these things in mind. It's not uh, the Bible is not trying to argue one way or the other here whether the Earth is flat or round. Okay, so but it's just uh, this is the way it appears to us, and it doesn't matter whether it's flat or round; it still appears that way. Okay, so. And then, uh, oh yeah, and he makes uh, the word light is used metaphorically as enlightenment. Okay, we made that point as well last time. And verse 11, here we see the first of many repetitions of the use 4327, by the species, or by kind, kind after kind. Okay, so uh, we're talking about genetics here. How species is, it? is a much better translation yes, yes. than kind after kind. Right. Now, of course, the KJV Translation Committee didn't have that word, or maybe that word was just coming into use. But, you know, this is not, it wasn't intended to be a scientific document, but nevertheless, the principle of genetics is clearly stated in Genesis chapter 1. Species reproducing kind after kind, having seed within themselves. So, when was the last time you planted corn and you got wheat instead? <laughs> never. Never. Absolutely never. Okay? So, uh, but th- this uh, this booklet is actually bound by plastic ties. It's very tight. I don't want to damage it. So I'd have to take it out and put it into a three-ring binder to, to read it without damaging it. So so let's continue. And, we yeah, we are in the image of Yahweh. Yeah, and then um, the other races are not. Simply, it's just that simple, okay? We are in the image of Elohim, and the other races are not, okay? If the if the Bible meant to say that, it would say that, but it doesn't say that, okay? So let's go into Genesis chapter two now. I think we left off with uh, verse seven of chapter two. Yeah, but I, yeah, yeah, we did, but we kind of rushed through it. So, okay, well, we'll uh, yeah, start and, over. Yeah, and so, uh, but let me get, I need to get my concordance uh, going here as well, because we have to look at some of these words. So, as, uh, so, if go, go ahead, start reading, and, uh, you know, I will, uh, you know, where, where appropriate, I will uh, interject with uh, word meanings. Okay, go ahead. Okay, thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. Okay. And all... <laughs> Yeah, right. So here, this is a very, very loaded verse, okay? So, the heavens, okay, and uh, it could be translated as sky. You know, we talked about last time that there was waters above the the uh, firmament and below the firmament. So there's basically water everywhere, at least uh, in terms of, um, what was the, uh, mist. Mist or evaporated water. You know, the higher up you go, the more it's evaporated. And then remember, at this point in time, there was no rain. A lot of uh, you know uh, scientists and uh, analysts say, well, the Earth was covered with a thick. It says it was, the Earth was covered with a thick mist that came down as dew. Okay, so there was no rain, but there was a lot of dew because of the misty. Uh, uh, qualities of the atmosphere okay and that's the word we would use today is atmosphere okay we're talking about the atmosphere here so okay so the heavens are the atmosphere and the earth which is Eretz land not planet <laughs> land okay although it, it could certainly mean planet too but if you're if you're if you're standing on the ground looking up at the sky and looking around it from horizon to horizon and all the dirt <laughs> that you're standing on you know you'd have no clue that it, whether it's flat or round how big it is where where the end of anything is horizon is not an end it's just you know a, a, where things change and you can't see it anymore okay so all these terms are you know open to dispute as to what they actually mean, but I think the best way to approach this is simply imagine yourself standing on the earth in the place of Moses, looking around you and describing what you saw. Okay? 
the, the, the science part of the, the Bible gets, it gets more interesting as we go on because it talks about, you know, the different types of colors of dirt, <laughs> right? So he happened to be standing in an area where there was red dirt, like Georgia, not an area where there was black dirt like Illinois, right? So, but, uh, and then we talked about the evenings and mornings being a metaphor uh, like comings and goings, which is a very common metaphor in the Middle East for an unspecified period of time, okay? So, uh, I forgot this, he even used the word day, but yaum, the, the, the Hebrew word yaum. And then finished, kala. To end, okay? So, whatever was done in Genesis chapter 1 was finished. Okay, now here, here is the really big word, host. And all the host of them, a mass of persons or figurative things, especially regularly organized for war and army, by implication, a campaign, <laughs> literally or figuratively, okay, uh, appointed time. Uh, that's not the meaning, but a host uh, established for an appointed time. Army, battle, company, host, service, soldiers, war, warfare, even waiting upon. So we're talking about intelligent living creatures here, Dan. Exactly. Okay. All right. The implication is we're gearing up for a war. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now we're now we're reaching the end point of this war that was declared here in Genesis chapter two, verse one. Yep. Okay. It's a spiritual war. It's, it's been a, going on for thousands. Oh yeah, and, and real people die and bleed, yeah. etc. All right. Verse two. See how important it is to take these words apart one by one. Back to you. Very important. Mm -hmm. And on the seventh day, we're not talking about literal days again. Mm -hmm. God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is telling us that now for what, what follows in this next chapter, or actually from here on out, the rest of the Bible, he's not going to engage in the act of creation again. Bara. No more bara here. When you, whenever you co uh, confront the word borrow in the rest of the Bible, it's always re referring back to Genesis chapter 1, where Yahweh or Elohim created this or created that, a brand new thing, okay? The rest of the time, what we're finding in Genesis chapter 2 is the word is Yatsar, meaning formed. Very crucial difference. Genesis chapter 2 is not talk about bara, it only talks about forming. Things that are already in existence, making changes to what is in existence, etc. Okay, so yes, and the seventh, okay, the, the last, yeah. So, and of course, it says this is for a, a day of rest, and this is where the Sabbath, in, in order to commemorate this day of rest, this is the prototype of the Sabbath, which was made for man, right? All right, so, so basically, it would be. Yahweh ceased, ceased from creating. That's really how it should be put. And Asa made, okay, instead of created, it doesn't say created in Genesis chapter 2, it says made. That word is number 6213, a primitive root to do or make in the broadest sense and widest application, accomplish, advance, appoint, Okay, so it's just kind of summarizing what happened in Genesis chapter 1. Okay, it doesn't use the word bara here, but that's the word used throughout Genesis chapter 1. There was one exception, there's a couple minor exceptions, but uh, the, the essence is that Genesis chapter 1 is telling us about a brand new creation that Yahweh, and given the gap theory, and I've been finding that more and more uh, commentators and theologians now adhere to the gap theory than I ever realized. Uh, but, of course, the mainstream churches don't. They don't want to talk about Genesis chapter 1. <laughs> they just don't want to talk about it. You believe what we tell you, and that's that, right? Do they get anything right? No, absolutely <laughs> not. They don't get anything right. 
The only thing they get right is Jesus died for, <laughs> for somebody's sins. <laughs> That's about the only thing they get right. Right, right. But they don't even get that right because he only died for Israel's sins, right? <laughs> to Very redeem true. Israel, right? They even get that yep. wrong. Okay. So then he rested, Shabbat. That's the, the source word of the word Sabbath. The seventh day of rest, which is made for man. Okay. To put to repose or desist from, desist from exertion. So we're being told over and over again that Yahweh ceased doing what he did in Genesis chapter 1. Okay? From all his work, Malachah, okay? Uh, It's interesting here. Properly, it's because this is still Elohim here. Very interesting here. Listen carefully, folks. Malacha, from the same as H4397, properly deputyship. That is ministry, generally employment, never servile, or work abstractly or concretely, also property as a result of labor. Business. So, because Yahweh has not even been introduced into the narrative here yet. Okay? This is why I assert that the Elohim in Genesis chapter, and the Elohim generally, are the servants of Yahweh working at his instruction, doing specific tasks. Like a contractor (laughs) who builds something. He builds a high rise. The contractor himself doesn't even necessarily have to be on the site. But he has to oversee the construction project, otherwise things will go wrong. I think as that's any, a great analogy. Yeah, yeah, it's because I'm in this trade that I, that I <laughs> came up with that analogy. Boy, I have tried to oversee stuff, and I will tell people exactly what to do, and they will not do it. And therefore, it has to be done over again. You can't make mistakes when you're creating <laughs> a universe, right, or a planet. Okay, all right, so very interesting word here, okay, so uh, and in, in conjunction with the word Elohim, so uh, again, Malaka, meaning deputyship, delegated, Delegate, the work was delegated, okay, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, again, it's Malaka, which he had made a general, or saw, to make, to do, to, to construct whatever, to organize, to to put into into place, etc. Okay, verse three. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in that He had rested from all His work which God created and made. Okay, we've already covered these words. Blessed is the only one, Barak, to kneel, to be beneficent. Okay, to make uh, it could be even mean curse. <laughs> praise, salute, okay? So he made special note that on this day that he rested. Special note that he rested, sanctified at Kadosh, which typically is translated as holy or consecrated. Consecrated, I think, is the best uh, word for it because it doesn't, it's certainly when it's applied to the Hebrew and Israelite people, they were not a, a holy or righteous or, or, or um, you know, good people. They were evil <laughs> most of the time. And the, throughout the entire Old Testament, the Israelites are being punished by Yahweh, not pray, being praised by him, right? Uh, that's just the way it is, folks. So it can't mean holy, oh, but only in the sense of de- uh, dedicated, segregated, separated, uh, and put, uh, separated for a specific purpose sanctified okay all right but and it also says it was only very good it doesn't say it was perfect okay so he rested shabbat from all his work which he had get, uh, created bara and made asa okay we don't come across the word yatsar to form yet okay so all of this is to say that what happened in genesis chapter 1 is radically different from what happens in the rest of the Bible. The rest of the Bible is about, okay, things happening on the earth, events happening on the earth by people. Okay, of course, Yahweh intervenes here and there, 
especially in critical areas, he will intervene, and he intervenes in our personal lives. I can't tell you how many miracles that have happened to me where I thought I was going to die <laughs> and something happened. You know, I've, I've literally felt the presence of the Holy Spirit on a couple of occasions when I was in Vietnam. Thought I was going to die. Should have died, but didn't. Where people to the left of me and the right of me were dying, just like in Psalm 91. And I somehow I came out with a scratch or a bad wound. And the people around me were killed. So I said, geez, man, that was a close one, right? But I wasn't cognizant of Psalm 91 at the time. So now we're talking, now this is a terrible introduction here given by Esau. It says, the creation of man and woman. No, they were created in Genesis chapter 1. Over to you. I'll go to verse 4 in Genesis. Yes. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that Yahweh God made the earth and the heavens. Mm -hmm. And here is the first introduction of Yahweh. Yes, yeah. This word Lord, whenever you see it capitalized, it should be translated Yahweh. mm -hmm. And this is our first introduction to Right, right. And the English word God is also a poor translation in my opinion, neither one of these words should have been translated at all. They should have been left into the, in the Hebrew, and we should have gotten used to these words in the Hebrew. But it's my understanding that the Masoretes did not want us true Israelites to use these, this language because they don't want us to address our Creator as our Father, okay, and by His proper name. And so one guy commenting on this, I think it was Joseph Rotherham, said, if we address Yahweh as Lord, it's like a a wife addressing her husband as Sir. No. Husbands and wives address each other by their names. (laughs) Gladys, you did wrong. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Sam, you did wrong. They, they They don't use formalities when they're addressing each other in person. Eli, do you think a better translation here in this verse should have been in the day that Yahweh and the Elohim made the earth. Okay. That would be a more correct translation, would it not? Uh, that would not be incorrect, but uh, the uh, that would be inserting a, a word that doesn't exist. So what we, uh, Yahweh Elohim, it should have simply been left Yahweh Elohim. And uh, Yahweh, the overlord, okay, the, the one who reigns over everything. And the Elohim under his direction as we just pointed out, the company, the contractors, the the, yeah. very, the electricians, the plumbers, the uh, uh, you know the carpenters, the plasterers, the, the bricklayers, all of those people, uh, under his direction, did the creating. Okay. Yeah, I, I would just think, and I know we shouldn't be adding, but you know, since you're speaking of we're speaking of two different. People. Well, we're speaking of Yahweh, and then we're speaking of the quote-unquote contractors. Two different so, entities. Entities. Yeah, to, yeah. to make a distinction between the two. Here, yes. I would think. You know. Absolutely. The Bible makes this distinction everywhere. Now, Yahweh cannot be confused with Elohim. They are never the same. Okay. But mm-hmm. in conjunction, because they appear so often together as Yahweh Elohim, that means we're dealing. This is the Godhead that Paul speaks of. You know, and uh, at the top of this Godhead are three beings: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, they're the, at the top of this hierarchy. This is the hierarchy of intelligence, of consciousness, of being, of life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, this is the source where everything comes from. All right, and uh, and I can justify what I just said. Go back. We haven't even got to the New Testament yet. But the very first verses in Matthew say that the universe was created by Yahshua, the Son. Mm -hmm. Okay? Delegated authority from the Father. All right? It basically retells the story of Genesis chapter 1. But now, so so you could say there's two, two ways you can interpret Elohim here. It could be the Father and the Son working together to create the universe, or it could be the heavenly host, as it clearly says here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. 
and all the hosts of them, which we found out from the definition, are conscious beings assembled together at like an army or a construction crew. Right? Okay? So, uh, so uh, read it one more time. It's a very important that we understand that here, there's a clear line of demarcation between what happened in Genesis chapter 1 and what's getting ready to happen in Genesis chapter 2. Back, back to you, please. Read the same, read that yes. verse again? Yes, okay. verse 3. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth oh, okay. when they were created in the day that the Yahweh God yeah. made the earth and Yahweh, the heavens. Yes, okay. So now it's past tense. Okay, these are the generations of the heavens. These are the living beings. Toledah, it says. The descent. Family. Okay. Yeah, the family. The family of Yahweh in the heavens. It's not we're not talking about the earth yet here. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, this title is misplaced, the creation of man and woman. They, they misplaced it. It's not talking about events in, on the earth yet. Okay, specifically, or individuals. We're not simply not talking about individual people or objects yet. In the Genesis 1, we were talking about collectives, races, species. That's what's going on in Genesis chapter 1. The Toledah, that is the genealogical descent of the heavenly beings. All right? Okay? Mm-hmm. And of the earth. When they were bara created, in the yom, <laughs> you know, eon, in the eon that Yahweh Elohim made the earth and the heavens. We're still talking about both the heavens and the earth. Back to you, verse 5. Verse 5, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For Yahweh God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. And there was not a man to till the ground. Okay, so it's very interesting. So, again, it's giving us the archetypal language here that before it was planted in the earth, it had to exist somewhere else before. You know, so the question, uh, which came first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken. Uh, well, it could be either. <laughs> it, right? Did he plant the seed in the dirt and it grew into an actual flower? Okay, now that's, I think, in the case of plants, the seed would have had to come first. But in the case of living beings, mammals, where, did he plant the seed in the dirt? <laughs> right? No, it, it, the, the seed had to be planted. A male had to plant the seed in a female for, the, for the, that seed to grow in her. So I think in the case of mammals... The, the the mammals had to come first, and then they had to engage in sexual activity to produce offspring. So there's no clear-cut answer, but I, I think you could say both, depending on the species. Okay? True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so repeat that again, because, you know, I think this answers a lot of questions. You know, of course, that's a, uh, a bugaboo-type question. You know, nobody's ever come up with a good answer for that, <laughs> which came first, the chicken or the egg. All right? That's Go why ahead. it's so important to take these words back to Hebrew as well, that, you know, that, to the original languages. That's right. That's right. And and uh, to give, uh, to cut the KJV translators some slack, they only had so much time to work on this. You know, King James gave, they gave them a schedule. The reason why King James wanted to have this so-called authorized version produced was because he hated the Geneva Bible because the people who created the Geneva Bible did not accept his authority over them unless and until he obeyed Yahweh's laws. He didn't want to do that. He wanted to be lord and master on his, in his own right, the divine right of kings, as he interpreted it. And that's why the KJV translation was created. Back to you. A power-hungry politician? That's right. No. <laughs> Who ever heard of such a thing? Who yes. ever heard of that? <laughs> yeah, manifest destiny. Very good, Hosea. Very good. Okay. All right. So, please continue. Verse okay. Six, but, yeah, right. there, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And okay. Yahweh God formed, formed being the key word here, not created, but formed. Yes. Man. Yes. Okay, so we see male and female, he created them. Speaking of our species, 
which was made in the image of these living beings in the heavens called Elohim. What theologian has ever made this clear before? None. None. This is all due to word studies. And what do these words really mean? Okay? Once you understand what these words really mean, you, you come to certain conclusions which radically differ from mainstream theology. Okay? It, you can't help it because it tells you what these words mean. Now, Strong even saw this, but Strong was not a translator. He, he was just collating the instances of all of these words in the Bible, giving every single instance, and in general, what the meaning is. Okay? Sometimes there's deviations. Sometimes the Hebrew has a slightly different spelling. You know, all those jots and tittles that the Masoretes uh, distorted because they wanted to give it a certain meaning. And so uh, Steve was cognizant of that too. Most translators now are cognizant of the fact that the Masoretes doctored the text with their jots and tittles, not the original Paleo-Hebrew jots and tittles, okay? So for their own meaning, okay? But here, very important, it says, okay, again, we have to, how much time do we have left? About 10 minutes. Okay, so every plant of the field, siach, a shoot, okay? So for a shoot to come out of the ground, a seed had to be planted in the ground, okay? So for plants, the seed must have come first because they required the, the ground to be planted into, okay? So how, do, how is this accomplished? Well, they had to materialize from the other dimension. They could have rained down from the sky or Yahweh could have materialized them right in the dirt, but they needed to have that dirt as the f f fertile ground to begin germinating, okay? Field, sade, an unused root meaning to spread out. A field as flat, country, field, ground, land. Now, are the mountains flat? Nope. Nope. Country, field, ground, land, soil. Soil, okay? Uh, and I think it's the uh, Brown Driver Briggs Jesenius where they say it really means a cultivated field. Okay? So there we're talking, so Yahweh planted a lot of these, uh, Yahweh Elohim planted all these seeds in the, in the earth all over the planet so they would germinate. Okay? So that, uh, that, and a lot of germination and multiple generations of these plants had to grow to provide food for the next uh, element of creation, namely the cre creeping things, right? And maybe the grubs under in the dirt, the, the worms and snails and that sort of stuff, right? The creeping things, all right? This all had to proceed in a, a very specific order, okay? And so this is why the Bible is very scientific here. You can't argue with this. This is the way it works. Scientists will say, yeah, this is the way it works. So from the lower to the higher order of, of creation. Okay? Sade is an, an, a, not necessarily a cultivated field, but we're talking about here uh, something, and then it could even be an enclosed field to keep certain animals out. Okay? So, plant, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, so every Every species was available to Adam. That's all it's saying here. And every herb of the field before it grew. So all of this was growing, germinating, spreading across wherever. And it must have been very, I think, all over the whole planet, Dan. Because <laughs> the, the atmosphere we're talking about here was a very cloudy atmosphere. We did not have rain yet. So, and the mist watered the earth. And uh, the evidence is overwhelming that the Sahara Desert was at one time a blooming paradise. Okay? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's talking about the whole planet. It was a blooming paradise because they did not have the harsh, hot sun to dry things out because there was a cloud cover or a canopy, as some people call it, to protect all of this germinating stuff. Okay? But now, very interestingly, there was not a man, what's that word? Adam. Adam. 
to till the ground. There was not an Adamite to till it. There was no such thing yet as a white farmer. The whites were already present in Genesis chapter 1, but they had not developed the art of farming yet. Okay, and if we look at history, we see that the plow was invented right around this time, around four or 5,000 B.C. Okay, so again, the correlation between the Bible and you know, natural history, it's not exact, but it, uh, there is a correlation. Because nobody really knows when the first plow was invented, okay, and maybe Adam didn't yet even invent the plow yet when these these words are being descriptive. But he developed some sort of method to plant seeds. He saw that the, the oats and the corn and the barley, etc., had seeds. And then he saw the wind blowing the seeds, and he saw, okay, that the, the dirt that these seeds landed in began germinating and more wheat grew, right? And, oh, okay, mm-hmm. well, I can do that in an organized fashion, i.e. farming. All right, back to you. I'm going to read this uh, verse 7 over again. I didn't okay. quite finish it. Oh, okay. And Yahweh God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Okay. And no other race can claim that they had this breath breathed into their nostrils other than the Adamic race. Yeah, and here again the combination is Yahweh Elohim, you know, the yep. Lord Lord over everything. You know, and, and here and Yahweh himself does this, okay, again with the assistance of the angelic beings, the heavenly host that serve him. Okay, well, now we're going to find out in Genesis chapter 6, there were some who didn't want to serve him, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're the troublemakers, and they're still making trouble for us today. You but know, Bree, another yeah, important thing about this verse, interesting mm-hmm. thing, is that, okay, we know that the Adamites were the only ones that had uh, Yahweh's uh, mm-hmm. breath breathed into them, and we're the only ones that have a living soul. So when people make this claim that Eve was the mother of all living, right. and they try to make that all the races of the earth, no, she is only the mother of all living, of our, meaning our, we are the living because right. we're the only ones who have had that breath of life breathed into us. Right. The, the other races did not have this. They had their own Nachash, they, they, sorry, they, I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to talk about Nachash so bad. But, uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, this Yahweh himself, it's like the master surgeon steps in. Okay, guys, give me some elbow room here. I'm going to perform some surgery on Adam. Okay. And so this this should be capitalized, Adam, because we're talking about a particular man, Adam. Okay. We're not, they, we are, the, the species was already created in Genesis 1. Don't try to repeat creation in Genesis 2. It's not necessary. We are mm-hmm. talking about a man, Adam, and a, a woman, Eve. Okay? And, and, and Adam became Haya, not Bara, became, there was a change made here, a living Che. Nefesh, Che Nefesh. So we're talking about, oh, this was only done to Adam, okay? Not necessarily to all the Adamites. That's right. Okay? Who were already existing in Genesis chapter 1. Yahweh selected a particular Adamite to do this to. As Yahweh specifically, specially selected Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Shem, (laughs) right? Noah. From the beginning of Genesis to the end of the Bible, he has a special selection. Not, not evolution <laughs> selection. Yahweh himself specially selected these individuals as the best examples and possibly the only good examples to carry on the work, to carry on the generations from, from Elohim down for, forward. Okay. All Israelites are Adamites, but not all Adamites are Israelites. Right. There's always a specialization taking place. That's why we are the apple of his eye. He selected us for a specific purpose. Now, okay, the construction crew, 
not all the not all of the workers are doing a good job of building the skyscraper. And if if the job is not being done right, you have to stop stop work and say, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, we can't go on this way. This is go, this building is going to collapse. Let's back up and get it right." Okay, so that's what Yahweh is doing. He's always specially selecting the ones who can do it right, and that's Israel. Not that we're perfect. We never have been perfect. But there's always those among us, namely the remnant, who are doing a really good job. And we're the ones that he counts on. It's like in that movie MASH, right? Where they had, they were flown out of Korea to Japan, I believe it was, because there weren't any surgeons there who could do the, the surgery that needed to be done, right? And so they, they came in and, and the nurses just took orders from them. Because they knew these guys were here for a purpose. They got the job done and flew back to Korea. All right. So one more verse here. I think uh, just have time. We have, won't have time for analysis. Back to you. Okay. Verse 8. <clears throat> and Yahweh God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man who he had formed. Okay. Interesting verse here. He put <laughs> that yep. man, Adam, who the, he so, formed. Not yeah. created, but formed. There's no possibility that the Garden of Eden is the whole planet, okay? And there's no possibility that the Adamic species was created within that garden, okay? It, it, says, it tells us right here that the man Adam was put in there, okay? Yep. Do we have the um, article the? Yeah, it's a, the article the is there. The man. T-H-E, not the whole species, the man, okay? So, That's you have to, Adam. yeah, right, Adam, exactly. So, the, again, a clear indication that the context of Genesis chapter 2 is radically different and localized from that of Genesis chapter 1, okay? I think we can get one more verse in, okay? okay. I think at this Verse's point we can, we, we can actually... No, stops doing such detailed analysis because now these words are be- recurring over and over again, and we don't have to. Re- we'll just have to remind people if it's really important. Back to you. Okay, verse nine. And out of the ground made Yahweh God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay. Oh wow, is this verse loaded? <laughs> This is packed. Oh, man, this is packed solid, full of stuff, right? This is like a Christmas present <laughs> with, with all kinds of toys in it, okay? So, out and out of the ground made Yahweh Elohim to grow everything. Okay, so I think that's the, uh, I lost my place. What verse are we in? Uh, verse 9. Verse 9. Yeah, okay. There's so much in here. There's the tree of life. There's uh, the living trees. Some of them are literal trees. Some of them are uh, family trees. In essence, every living uh, species is a family. Okay. Now, are they walking, talking <laughs> families or are they wood wood families, etc.? Okay. We'll get into that next week, folks. Not enough time to cover this today. Dan, thank you very much. Thank you. Great show. Okay. All right. Folks, it's like things were just created. Okay. Very good, folks. Thanks to everybody. The chicken came first. (laughs) All right. We all have our opinions, right? (laughs) Thanks for being here, folks. Thanks for listening. Praise the hour. We pass the ammunition. See you all next time.